Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, what's up? And welcome to a bonus episode of Serious Issues. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. Every week, we usually review brand new comics and let you know which of the brand new comics you should be reading too. But this week, or this day, mm. it's fucking Batman Day, y'all. Yeah. September 17th. Saturday, September 17th. Come on down, guys. It's uh, We're, we're celebrating Batman Day. Um, King's Comics, where we record Serious Issues from each week, is having a big Batman sale. Yep. It's 10% off all Batman books um, and merchandise, excluding new releases, but 20% off if you are a King's um, Premier Club card holder. So super worthwhile coming down. And there's also a freebie um, giveaway of the first issue of Tom King's Batman series, which is pretty cool. And if you live, uh, if you don't live near King's, but you do live near a comic book store, all comic book stores should be giving away that free Batman comic. So go and get a free comic. Yeah, guys. And then buy Batman books, including a big list of Batman books that are, some of them are pretty obscure, but some of them you might be able to find. Mm. Uh, So this entire episode is about, like, when I first got into comics, I, I, you know, the the gateway was uh, always, for for me, and so many of my friends, was was through a particular handful of Batman comics. I'm going to let you know what those are later. You probably already know what they are. But um, they always appear on on top 10 lists of Batman Batman books. And it's uh, why Batman's one of the easiest um, characters to get into because he does have this awesome stable of like really brilliant standalone books that a lot of other heroes don't have. Like we would struggle to come up with a list of Superman books that sort of fit the same thing or Wonder Woman or um, any Marvel character, you know? So um, I think Batman's pretty unique like that. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to run through some of the you know the, the more popular Batman stories uh, later in the episode, and then I'm going to give you my ten of my favorite bat, bat stories that you should read after you read the ones that everyone else tells you to read. Yeah, and uh, hopefully this is going to be an annual tradition of me just getting more and more obscure <laughs> with Batman recommendations. So you're going to hear my recommendations later. Siobhan's got a few recommendations recommendations of her own as well. Yeah. But first, we spoke to some people from King's Comics. Uh, about their favorite Batman comics. So take it away, King's people. Hi, this is Jim from King's. How we doing? Good. <laughs> What's your favorite Batman comic, Jim? Oh, I don't know what my favorite Batman comic is, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. What's well, your favorite obscure Batman comic? Obscure Batman comic, underrated Batman comic, I think is The Gates of Gotham with uh, what was, what was it? Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins. Yes. Um, with Carl Higgins doing the lion's share of the work in that one. But um, 
I really, really like that because uh, it takes you right back to the beginning of Gotham and the more important kind of highfalutin families that started Gotham City, like the Waynes and the Canes and um, the Cobblepots, yep. etc. And yeah, it was almost like uh, it was out before the New 52 happened, but it almost served as kind of a gateway into the 52, the New 52, sorry. And um, just originally, I think it was supposed to be six issues, got cut to five because of timing and got a little murky towards the end, but still a really, really cool read, especially if you like Scott Snyder's run on Batman through the New 52, check Gates of Gotham out because... There's a lot of stuff in there that kind of leads into it. Especially all the Court of Owl stuff. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, yeah, all yeah. the old family stuff, all the history of Gotham, it's all in there and heaps of explosions. So, like, you know, I was thoroughly entertained. Hey, I'm Talia and I'm from Kings and my favourite comic, uh, Batman comic, is Court of Owls. Court nice. of Owls. Mm-hmm. Scott Snyder, Greg P- Capullo. I said, Capullo. I said Capullo. I love Capullo. that he is like... Like the muscliest, is he the muscliest man in comics? Does everyone else follow Greg, Greg Capullo? Greg Capullo he could on, be that oh, man. No, on Instagram. He's just like really into like. <laughs> no, I don't follow his gym feeds, Siobhan. No. He's mad buff. <laughs> mad <Anyway>. buff. <laughs> we get it, Siobhan. You love chunky dudes. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Court of Owls in particular was such a great start to that run. So good. I think it lost momentum um, pretty quickly. I think so too. I do think it pitters out. I think you're right. I don't know. I like. I, I loved it at the start. I really did. I loved that it was um, new character. Um, it, it was kind of a different story in terms of the fact that it's not just another who done it mystery. Mm. Which thug is it this time? Which is still great. It's Batman, but it was it was just different. It was Batman's world is shaken because something he's always thought he's known his home is completely. Not what he thought it was. Yeah, and I think it always like shakes you to the core a little bit when you think that you're safe because you think you know everything about your home. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's always really tempting for Batman writers to try and add something really significant to the mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what Scott Snyder was trying to do. And I think that like at the very beginning beginning of that run, it was like amazing. Like yeah, you like felt Batman like Batman doesn't know Gotham. Yeah, what? you felt like the rug oh! had been totally yeah. pulled from under you and you yeah. felt like, whoa, this is crazy and this changes everything. But then to a certain extent you're like, but do I want everything to change? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how are they going to resolve this? And yeah. then, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was an unbelievable um, issue where, which I guess almost kind of deserves a spot on, on the list just on its own where he's trapped in the labyrinth and yes, you have to turn. I was just going to say. Turn the book. Oh, yeah. That around we're we're talking about this the other day that is so good all the word balloons are upside down and sideways and you have to turn around so you you yourself feel like you're in a labyrinth so immersed in Batman so like yeah and Greg Capullo's like work on that series is amazing like I really he has got to be one of the sort of contemporary Mm. iconic Batman artists because he created such a distinctive look for all the characters Mm -hmm. and um Drew a very handsome Batman. Through to a very chunky. scary, very, yeah. very chunky, chunky uh, Batman. Batman. Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, through to a very scary looking Batman. Yeah, totally. But his art just slightly changed through that whole sequence of Batman, like mm. losing his marbles. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like the way he's kind of seeing himself too. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think quite of ours. I, I should reread it. I haven't, re- I haven't mm. read it since. Just the first it, three. First coming out. <laughs> the first three issues. The first. So, oh, sorry, I, I, the I, first I, three uh, trades. Sure. Yeah. 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 The, and then. Uh, they it definitely got there's sometimes Batman tie ins can kind of make a story feel 
more bloated than it should, and yeah. the quarter vowels mm. tie-ins were mostly pointless. In fact, I think that's maybe my problem with the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo run was that like Endgame, no, not Endgame, the death and the death of the family, and um, and Zero Year, mm. and. Uh, and um, the Court of Owls all had massive tie-ins with all the other Bat books, yeah. and that, I think I just got really tired by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always going to happen though. Like, I mean, we're about to see Tom King tie-in with um, all the other Bat books in Monster Men or whatever that's called. Yeah, there's a Monster Men so, event about to happen. Mm, yeah. So who we'll knows? See. So knows? yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it is hard. Like when you're trying to make a big change or leave your mark on a big legacy character like that, because at the end of the day, once your run is over, it kind of does have to go back to the status quo. Like you can't really get away with making big changes. Yeah, so I yeah. think Scott Snyder probably did the best that he could, given to the sneak tight in a little conditions yeah. you have to work under when you're writing the monthly Batman comic. Yeah, to try and sneak in a story that's mm. completely different, and but also go. It's all back to normal. Yeah. Here you go, next person. <laughs> Deal with that. Hi, I'm Scott from King's Comics. Uh, my favourite Batman story is uh, The Tower of Babel, which is in um, Justice League of America. The JLA book JLA. by, uh, is it how, it's Mark Wade, and who's on art with that one? Uh, is, it, is it still I, Howard Porter by then? I'll Google I, it. It could be. Uh, it was Mark Wade, yeah. yeah. So, so in this uh, story... Uh, Batman has these plans, these 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 like you know if 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 something goes wrong with any of the other members of the Justice League, he has like end game plans to basically take them out if they need to be taken out. That's and right. Yeah. Who? I was right. It was Howard Porter. And one of one of their one of their villains discovers these plans, and then uses them to take all the Justice League members out. <laughs> and Batman's right. like, oh yep. no, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I think they were like previously possessed, or maybe in a in a in a previous story, or or in case that in that sort of scenario, mm. he had he had um uh yeah yeah he had backup plans to to on their strengths and weaknesses and how to how to secret identities all. and everything. And yeah. that was like that was a that was a great like that whole run, man. What a great era of DC comics because that was so fun how that all worked together really well. Like the JLA stuff which then led into one of my I think it counts as a Batman comic, um the OMAC does, project. Yeah which um, was written by Greg Rucker and which spun out of that, which we've spoken about on the podcast before, which is when, um, you know, Batman found out that the guy who had stolen all the information and had taken over the Brother Eye satellite was Maxwell Lord, who then Mm. killed Ted Cord, and it's very emotional, (laughs) and then Wonder Woman snaps his neck. It's amazing. And it is, it's it's a Justice League story, but it's like Ra's al Ghul is the, is, is, uh, is the sort of the, yeah, oh, main villain yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, yeah, no, in yeah, Tower of so, Babel. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they were all but I, don't, I don't know if they are connected, but this definitely this, well, this story, era. this story, because because Bat Morrison, sorry, Grant Bat Morrison, Morrison. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. Who'd yeah. written like you know the the I think fifty issues of JLA, mm. and so the first arc once he finishes is this Mark Wade story, Tower of Babel, mm. um, and. Uh, Morrison definitely kind of painted uh, Batman as his bat god, is what they referred to uh, Morrison's Batman in. So he was like, mm. you know, he had a plan for everything. His his superpower was that he plans for everything. Yeah, he's, and, he's uh, sort of forethought on on everything. Is yeah, and he's yeah. pretty generally generally pretty untouchable. Um, and I think you know people had a complaint that like you know bat, this Batman in this book could do anything. So Wade basically introduces that he's too prepared, and because of this. He was able to bring the entire league down, um, or a villain was able to, um, but using Batman's intel. And uh, this kind of this started this 
superheroes against Batman thing that continued and still kind of echoes even through like New 52 and Rebirth. But I feel like I hadn't really seen any like, you know, anything as, as, as heavy as, as you get from the, 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 the post Tower of Babel stories. Because they, yeah. they want to kick him out of the league by the end of this They do. Book. They take a vote, I think. Um, I think the deciding vote comes down to, to, to Superman, yeah. where, where I think he just ends up just walking out before he even hears what, what Superman's vote. He just knows what's going to... They've, they've seen like the depths of his sort of paranoia and things like that, too, in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was sort of a way of like really humanizing, like you were saying, like bringing, bringing the back god back down to Earth and making it... Bruce Wayne the fallible again which I think mm. was super clever yeah definitely cool sick cool. choice GLA the whole run Jeez. is really good yeah, yeah. yeah. really it take is. it all yeah. out especially the, the, the first the first like two trades of Grant Morrison's run are really really oh, great yeah, too so yeah. good yeah. yeah nice thanks guys. Black Rider awesome Awesome. Hi, this is Gareth from King's Comics, and my favorite random uh, Batman story is The Doom That Came to Gotham. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up, because this means this is in my list, and I had a lot of trouble whittling my list down to 10, and now I can take this one off. I actually brought it in to King's today. This is uh, this, this comic's worth a lot. Yeah, the original was, the original, yeah. Got, yeah, the, it was out of print for 10 years. Yeah. Is it, is it still out of print? Now, anyway? A trade came out maybe oh, six, eight, ten months ago. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like five years ago I would have paid like 60 bucks for the for the first three uh, trades. Yeah, I don't know why DC sat on it so long. Mike Mignola um, yeah, doing Batman stuff again after Hellboy had, was a small phenomenon at this stage. It's pre-movies and stuff. And you've got colours by Dave Stewart as well, who did all the colours on the Hellboy stuff. Yeah. Um, art by Richard Pace and Troy Nixie and Dennis Junkie. And some amazing covers by Mark Mignola. Yeah, unfortunately he doesn't do the interiors too. But So this is, um, a, a lot of people put Gotham by Gaslight, um, which is another Elseworlds. So DC did use of these amazing imprint of books called Elseworlds, which were not in continuity, just like weird versions of of their stories. Marvel also did it with like the what if line, but I feel like there was, there was a lot of like incredible, um, like it was a lot, a lot very literary, literary, like in, yeah. in the, what they would do with some of their, I mean, some of them are trash and just like <laughs> way too high concept, but some of the Elseworlds um, tales are incredible. Gotham by Gaslight is um, one that Mike Mignola did the art for um, written by uh, Brian Augustine, but it, uh, it's kind of set in um, like the same time as Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Elseworlds are just set in another... What if Batman was in the Victorian yeah. era? Yeah, what, what if Batman was steampunk? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I read one the other day that was like, what if Wonder Woman was steampunk? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love... And I'm talking about this later. I've got a few Elseworlds and, um, and like anthology and even the Legends of the, of the Dark Knight mm. um, series, which went for from the like 80s like for like 200 and something issues. Um, they, were, they weren't in continuity. They were kind of like generally considered like tales of like Batman's, you know, first year or, or, they were, or the Elseworlds were just kind of like these insane, insane concepts that someone would just write like a short story about. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the, the Gotham is, sorry, Batman is such a strong character that authors almost do better, writers almost do better when you give them a closed world to work in instead of having to consider all the years and years of continuity and all these other characters that he has to interact with. Absolutely. It must be tough. I'm saying, yeah, you know, we, we criticize Mm. You criticize writers a lot, but like that's a fucking hard job to, to tell a good story that also is part of this ginormous universe. But yeah, I, I feel like a lot of my favorite Batman stories are, are Elseworlds tales, and the Doom that came to Gotham is definitely one of them. Um, written by Mike Mignola, um, a lot of his Hellboy stuff and a lot of stuff he's done for Dark Horse is very um, reliant on the uh, the folklore and mythology of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Um, is this similarly? Oh, Lovecraft? absolutely. This, this is, is Batman. 
times Lovecraft yeah. equals yeah. This nice. is yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Victor Freeze and Oswald Cobblepot went on a mysterious voyage to Antarctica, found something, and have arrived back in Gotham. Um, Oswald Cobblepot was left behind. He believes he's a penguin now. Yeah. And that while Dr. Freeze amazing. has come back <laughs> and the whole ship is just frozen and Bruce and his three wards go to investigate what it is that they've brought back, what they found. Oh, fun. Guess which Dang, of his, guess which of his wards get... dies first. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm going yeah. to start to reorder that trade now. It's such a good story. Yeah. It's like just super high concept, just super like weird and cool and the covers are sick. And because it's Elseworlds, yeah, you don't have to worry about continuity. Mm. Also means you can kill people off and because it's Lovecraft, they die or descend into madness in the most fantastic weird bizarre ways yeah and it feels like a hellboy story in fact there, there have been batman and hellboy a few of them i think there was like a batman hellboy and starman crossover back mm. in the 90s um but i think this is this is the superior uh, read of all those you know, of, it's not the best batman ever but it is absolutely the best combination of batman and lovecraft if you like <laughs> those two things this is just such the sweet spot for um yeah gothic mysterious unknowable horror Awesome, and look forward to more Elseworlds book, Elseworlds recommendations coming up in our list. Hey, this is Wayne from King's Comics, and I've got a confession to make. What's that? I need it's a safe place. I, <laughs> That's not true. I need some help. <laughs> I am one of the few that hate Batman. What? Why what does you, that mean? You can't just hate Batman. I hate Batman. It's okay. Like, it's like There's hating some bread. major <laughs> flaws with Batman. And like that is like hating comic books. Okay, well. <laughs> Batman, for starters, he has enough money yeah, to fix Gotham, really. Yeah, but this is more like a look at his unstable psychological state following the death of his parents. He's a vigilante who refuses to kill anyone. He's already a vigilante. <laughs> his major problem is he won't kill the Joker. He'll put Joker in Arkham and he'll escape. But isn't this why he's compelling? He... I don't want to say this because it sounds a little wrong, but he likes little boys. <laughs> He likes Again. he likes recruiting little boys okay, with the same background is. as him. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, couldn't he call in like the Justice League for a week, clean up Gotham, and be done? So all right. So in your perfect Batman comic, he spends heaps of money, turns <laughs> Gotham into like a like it's a mostly infrastructure based. Yep. Yeah. You know, Look, it's fixes. team and council like donating money to open new waterways. Yeah. So he, he kills the Joker. Proper mental health care facilities. <laughs> I mean, he's already like he's real. already a vigilante. You might as well go all out, right? Like, so yeah, the gated community of Gotham. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but if I had to pick one, it's not really a Batman story per se, but uh, Identity Crisis. I got oh yeah. Re- I got recommended that by uh, Gareth, who works here at Kings, and uh, that was. Really awesome. A very controversial book in the DC in well, DC's yeah. history. And How, Batman gets screwed over. Yeah, really. Batman screwed get- over as <laughs> <laughs> poor old Sue Dibney. Yeah, book. yeah. <laughs> poor old Sue Dibney. So that being my AA meeting, uh, I wanted you guys to convince me on Batman. But that's see, what this episode is all about. <laughs> I know, but uh, like for someone like me who doesn't particularly like Batman, like I like, you know, more I suppose grounded. You don't, get, you don't get more grounded as far as superhero goes. But, okay, I think the, thing, the reason that I love Batman, and I wouldn't even count myself as an exceptionally big Batman-specific fan. Bat-fan is the Bat-fan. term you're looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bat-fan. Um, is that he does work 
in a number of different situations and for like for some bizarre reason because it's a weird concept but the adam west batman works just as well as the christian bale batman works just as well as grant morrison's batman works just as well as scott snyder's batman and there's just infinite variety and infinite kinds of story that you could tell with batman so it really depends what kind of book you like to read because mm. i can guarantee there's a bad book for you you know what i mean yeah i don't know i've never read one where he spends heaps of money and kills the joker <laughs> <laughs> well that's the one that wayne has to write that's right really. <laughs> i could do with batman spend like being a bit more of like a flippant like i'm a rich guy i'm gonna blow a bunch of cash he's so sulky He's so sulky. Well, well, you, you, but that's like you know you need reason to 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 have him ha- you know be so set in his ways Look, and to. I'm I, I'm sure it's very distraught that his parents died, but it's been thirty years, man. <laughs> that's not the only thing that he's, he's got to get over. Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. bigger than that. Everyone tells me you know it's bigger than that now. Obviously, you work in a comic book store. Surely you've read <laughs> more books in, that don't just focus on his parents. Well, I tell you, I did, re- did really enjoy the new All Star Batman. It was a good fun. That was a lot of fun. Road Trip Batman was cool. Yeah. I think that... Uh, and there's, there's so there's much space. out there. There's so much yeah, out there. Like, Batman can seem really insurmountable, and that's part of why we wanted to do this episode, so that there's a couple of cool inroads. Mm. Um, well, then, I feel like uh, he's the easiest superhero to get into. He's the, you yeah, know, he's got the most, like, the, iconic The most books. movies, the most yeah. TV shows, the most, yeah, like, you know, the, the, the super easy put together top ten list of really obvious Batman books. Yeah. But we want to go deeper. Yeah, and These because, are, this episode is for already Bat fans, but I thought yeah. you know you know enough about him that there'd be something in this. I mean, to, I get it. I you know I know Batman. I, I can see why people like Batman, but it's just my personal. Also, yeah. he's so defined by the era in which he was written in, Absolutely. and that's what's so fun about him. You can go back and you can watch '60s Batman, and you can read a yeah. crazy '70s Batman comic. Then suddenly everything turns to shit in the '80s, and yeah. then at the end of the '80s, he gets a new movie franchise. You know, yeah. and like he's Batman. just there's so many he's different right. incarnations the entire way through. Then he's in the resurrected 90s, and resurrected and resurrected. You get the beautiful yeah. animated version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I do that like is Batman. the best yeah. version of yeah. Batman. So, come on, okay. So there, are, yeah. if you like the animated series mm-hmm. then there are tons of good bat books for you to read yeah true all that the, is true. paul danny's detective comics run yeah. Yeah. slightly darker but still overall more optimistic and really finding the hero in batman and all the people that he you know surrounds himself with in and that also, run yeah like that's gonna be on i'm annoyed you brought that up because that was gonna be one of mine that's, yeah. um, that's one of <laughs> we can talk about particular issues yeah but it's um i love it when batman is a detective you know, yeah. when they focus on the world's greatest detective aspect of him. Mm-hmm. So I, I reckon we can, we'll have a think and get back to you with some okay. that I reckon specifically tailored to Wayne. I do want to read the last run. Was it Scott Snyder did the yeah. last I mean, one? That, I've heard really. It gets, it gets wonky towards the end, but the mm. beginning of it is stellar. Yeah, cool. All right, Wayne, thank you Thanks, for Wayne. talking with awesome, us. Awesome, guys. Um, you. Wait, you have, you have a basketball podcast you should plug too. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, actually, we're on hiatus until October. We'll be launching the show uh, on YouTube. So we're going ah. from podcast to video. You get to see Wayne's beautiful face. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I wear a mask. Uh, it's called <laughs> The like Courtside Podcast. Um, at the moment, all the site and everything's shut down, but you could jump on Facebook, all caps, Courtside, and swing over and check us out there. We talk NBA and hoops and... And not Batman. A lot of dribble and not Batman. Nice. <laughs> Welcome back to Serious Issues. Thanks so much to everyone at Kings who uh, let us know what their favorite Batman stories are. Again, my name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And we're here to let you know that, holy moly, there are a lot of good Batman stories. Yeah, gee whiz, because um, when we sort of decided to do this, I had a look on my shelf, and unfortunately about, I would say, 60 to 80% of my comics are in storage, so I um, wasn't really able to 
go through and find the really obscure classics. But I also became aware of, I've read so little Batman. Like, like, just considering the amount that's out there and, like, how much Batman stuff is available, I've really, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. I have certainly scratched the surface. Yeah, holy moly. You really have. <laughs> uh, I started putting together a list of some of my favorite Batman stories and then realized, oh, yeah, we should make this an annual thing because <laughs> I have hundreds. And, I mean, th- there are genuinely yeah. thousands of Batman stories. There really That's are. That's insane, right? Like, even if you just put together the Detective Comics run and mm-hmm. the Batman Comics run, that's almost 2,000 issues of comics yeah. Just featuring Batman. I mean, he's and, a character that's been around for 75 years, you know? Like, there's there's a lot out there. Um, so, when I first got into superhero comics, um, I've spoken about this on the, on the show before, but I had, my upbringing was more in the fanographics mold of mm-hmm. comics. I was a I was an arty youngster. Oh, yeah. And uh, I loved my, my, my Dan Clowes and my Robert Crumbs. And when I saw a bunch of Bat books on my friend Angus, who I host uh, another podcast, mm-hmm. Hey Fam, with on his shelf years and years ago, um, I was like, oh, are the ba- Batman comics good? And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> of course they're good. And so he gave to me, and I'm sure this is, you know, for lo- a lot of younger readers um, like ourselves, you know, uh, who didn't who didn't grow up in that in the heyday of uh, of comics. Uh, I'm sure this is the these are the first comics that you 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 encountered Batman in. He gave me um, Batman Year One, yep, by Frank Miller and uh, David Mazzucchelli. Uh Dark Knight Returns, by also by Frank Miller, and The Killing Joke by um, Alan Moore and Brian Bolland. And so I smashed through all three of those. Yeah. In particular, year one was the standout of that. Um, and then I just kind of crave more and more and more. And uh, I think the easy it's very easy to kind of just go like, what are the best Batman books? And yeah. you'll always get... So these are, one, these are the books. I'm going to read out the list of books. And these are pretty much some of the first graphic novels featuring Batman that I got. There's a few more recent editions in there that have kind of become very, very often recommended classics, um, mm-hmm. even though they were written over in the last five years or so. But so, yeah, this is, this is the list of... Uh, they're not obvious, but they are like... Let's call them Batman essentials. Yeah. You don't really need to listen to a podcast uh, featuring a bunch of us just telling you how good these books are again and again and again. Yeah. So, they are Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, The Killing Joke, then you've got The Long Halloween and Dark Victory, mm-hmm. who, which is by Jeff Loeb and with Tim Sale on art, um, Arkham Asylum by Garth Morrison, and, um, Garth Morrison. Gra- Grant Wait, Morrison. Grant Morrison. Oh my god! What about? I, I don't, oh, I'm confusing Garth Ennis. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison and uh, Dave McCain on art on that one. Um, and then, kind of Grant Morrison's Batman run in general is very, mm-hmm. very recommended. We're big fans of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you really need anyone telling you to read that entire run again and no. again. Um, maybe if, if you haven't read it, skip straight to Batman and Robin. That's the most fun part with Frank Absolutely. Quietly on art. Um, Hush, which is Jeff Loeb. With um, Jim Lee, Jim Lee, everyone's favorite Jim Lee. I hate that book. <laughs> I know you said you yeah. said that before. It's uh, it's fine, guys. That Batman comics should be more than just fine, you guys. No, but it's 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 like the it's the dumb blockbuster version of a Batman comic. Yeah, people like it because Jim Lee drew it, not because yeah, of the story. and because of the sexy makeout scene with Catwoman. Uh, Death in the Family, which yep. is the uh, book in which Jason Todd as Robin is killed wanna, by the Joker with a crowbar. You want to see a teenager get beaten to death by with a crowbar? Do That's I? The book for you? Did Jim Lee draw it? Is <laughs> It's sexy. <laughs> um, then uh, recent edition, um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to tr- be like, oh, you know, don't just go straight to the Court of Owls. Make sure you read. It's slightly more obscure above uh, the Black Mirror. Mm. But that's that's like one of the most recommended Batman books from the last like, yeah. decade. Now. I mean, it's, anyway, it's a stone cold contemporary classic. If like, you haven't read, it, Black, read Black it, Black Mirror with Scott Snyder with Jock and Francesco Francovia. 
Um, definitely go and read that one. Uh, Nightfall. Yep. People always put Nightfall in there. That's the one which was uh, uh, one of the comics that uh, the third Dark Knight, um, the Dark Knight, what's the, the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. Was named up. Was kind of uh, based on in which uh, Bane comes to Gotham and breaks the bat, the bat's back. Snaps him over his knee. But it's a really, really long, drawn-out comic book event yeah. um, in which it's like, what is it? Something, then Nightfall, then Night's End. Uh, something like that. Night's and it's all like the Asriel taking over as Batman stuff. And it's it's, it's very, a hard read. Yeah. It's, I a, imagine, it's a tough slot these I days. imagine people that, that grew up with that when they were a teenager or whatever probably still are very fond for it. But yeah. going back and trying to read the Nightfall stuff now, I find pretty difficult. That is one of the most iconic Batman panels of all time, though. Of, of Bane of breaking his bat? Yeah, yeah. Breaking him. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, then Mad Love. Yep. Paul Dini and um, uh, Bruce Timm, uh, a, a, a Harley Quinn and Joker teaming up against uh, Batman story based off of, uh, which actually they, they, they turned into a, uh, an episode of the Batman animated series. Yeah. And which will be the, um, oh no, the, uh, Batman, the animated series came first. Did it really? Yeah. Mad Love was written because of the success of Harley. No, 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 no. Oh, Mad, no Mad Love. Mad, ah, yes, right, it right. was written because of the success of the character. Mad Love, the comic came first, then, then they, they turned they it into an episode. Ah, that's really yeah. cool. Um, um, and that will be that will be the official book that we're talking about at the October Queens of Kings meetup. We'll be oh, cool. about Mad Love. Awesome. And there's also a brand new uh, Harley Quinn, Bruce Tim statue mm. at King's Comics at the moment, which is which is really really cool. But I feel like I just could never have that on, on display at my house without feeling like a big old creep. Yeah, because it's Harley. Like it's the classic design of Harley, like in the sexy ninety. So yeah. that's a that's a, that's a tough one to have on your shelf. Uh, uh, and one of the lines in that is like, uh, "Don't you want to ride your Harley?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Denny, uh, you dirty I, old man. They actually say that in the animated. Yeah, episode. totally. Yeah, yeah. and it um, works. And uh, finally, and this is one of the, probably the most obscure one on this list, but it does appear. Yeah, this was on my list of obscure Batman books. So Paul Pope's like uh, Batman Year One Hundred. Such a classic. Which is so good. It's, it's so basically good. like, yeah, it's the, the 100th year of Batman. So what is that? 2030, whatever. Mm. Uh, and it it's a, it's not, it, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to explain, but yeah. it, it basically it's, it's the return of Batman to this awful future society. Um, and uh, it's really fun. Paul Pope is, uh, is an incredible artist and, and, a, and a erratic storyteller yeah. in, in a great way. Um, and, and this is a very, very fun and energetic Batman story. Absolutely. So, Siobhan, are you ready for 10 more Batman comics that you should read once you've read through all those big classic, well-regarded yes, books? If we've missed anything that you think is a classic, feel free to hit us up. Absolutely. Serious Issues at kingscomics.com or find us online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. In fact, I put the call out today and uh, a few people um, let me know what their favorite Batman comics were. Um, so I'm just going to give them a little bit of a shout out before we get to the top 10. It's not really a top 10. It's a... It is 10. It's 10. It's just... Yeah, it is a 10. Um, you know what? I'm not going to tell... I'm not going to... So... Uh, just all our listeners that recommended it, I'm going to give them a shout out when we talk about the books because they happen to recommend books that I also will recommend. Oh, nice. So that's really good. So um, to kick things off, I'm going to uh, go to the comments section and say Albert Santos, who mm-hmm. wrote on our facebook.com slash Serious Issues podcast, like you should be doing... After each episode, let us know what you liked and disliked about the episode. Please do. Recommend us some things that we missed. Um, So Albert Santos says that Batman No Man's Land is very of its time, but worth reading to see the inspiration behind The Dark Knight Rises and Arkham City. Agreed. Um, So this is the first story, Batman story, that Greg Rucker contributed to um, with Batman in it. 
in his first work for DC Comics. He also wrote the novelization of this of this massive comics event. So have this you was, read the novelization? I own it. Is it? It's really good. Really? I have not read all of it, mm. so it can't be that good. It's not as good as reading comics. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that now? It's really hard to read a book without I'm pictures I'm so in it. bad at reading books <laughs> without pictures now. Am I dumb? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, No Man's Land is about... Um, Basically, uh, after, a, after a massive earthquake, which you don't have to read Cataclysm, which is the book that comes mm. before uh, No Man's Land. But basically, an earthquake happens and um, Gotham is just, just fucked, basically. So, the rest of America cuts it off from the rest of it and Gotham is its own entity. Mm. Um, and so, all of Batman's various vi- villains... First of all, Batman is missing at the start of No Man's Land and Gotham has been divided up. Um, into different turf by Batman's villains and the uh, Gotham Police Department. Um, so it's an incredible showcase of uh, basically like each 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 of the first stories before Batman shows up just kind of lets you know these different turf areas, who's running what. You have the introduction of Huntress. Mm-hmm. You have a new uh, character who ends up becoming Batwoman um, introduced in this story, um, Cassandra Cain. Yeah, no, I was going to say, did, did, um, so did Greg Rucker come up with Huntress? Is he is she her, his character? Um, maybe I don't know. No. I, I don't want to say yes or no in case we're because mm, no. I don't want to get taken down by people on the internet again. <laughs> um, but uh, it's an incredible, just like it's a really great concept of a book because Absolutely. you know Batman's Rogues Gallery is the greatest, and I would happily read books that solely like only featured some of his villains, like you know Two Faces scenes in this long series are, are mm. some of the best, um, and like it's a very big bloated event. I would skip all the Azrael stuff. I mean, that should yeah. just be kind of like a, a rule with all Batman stuff. Skip Azrael. It's not great. Part of the problem is that the way they've... Because um, uh, No Man's Land is going to be one of the easier books for you to track down if you're interested in but reading it. one of the it. more expensive ones to one of, the, more, one of the more expensive. But also they have reprinted the entire series, including all of the tie-ins um, chronologically. So if you're buying it, you are getting the Azrael stuff, whether you like it or not. It is fun to read all that stuff, even the less great stuff, just because it does build the epicness yeah. of this huge event. Um but it has this series has some of my favorite Commissioner Gordon moments. It's such a good Commissioner Gordon, in, including an ending that I feel like a lot of uh, readers have never forgiven Greg Rucker for, in which he uh, kills someone that's very close to Gordon, and it's a horrible, horrible moment. The Joker know. does it. Do you know? I don't, I don't want to spoil it. It's the worst. Uh, and uh, and she, she's never been in in, in book since. Um, but uh, for some reason, Siri has started. Uh, t- dictating everything I've been saying <laughs> for the last ten minutes. It's weird. Um, so yeah, and the uh, the the no man's land is just like this incredible massive event. Greg Rucker's stories in particular, mm. his issues in particular, are amazing. Huntress's run. There's also like a um, one of the members of the Gotham City Police Department who tr- tries to take the law in his own hands. He oh, has an yeah, amazing yeah, arc. Yeah. There's great two face moments. There's great. Um, great Scarface moments in this run yeah. as well. Like there's, there's so much to love about No Man's Land. Yes, it is probably the original and, 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 and like biggest bloated comic book event mm. that then kind of every year they do a massive bloated event because of. Um, Nightfall was, you know, still before then, but, but this is like this, the one that combined all of the Bat books yeah, yeah, yeah. in this huge thing. Um, and it's, even there's great Luther moments in this. There's like, yeah. there's and like an incredible moment between Batman and Superman, where Batman basically tells Superman to fuck off. Yeah, Gotham yeah, yeah. is his. 
Uh, it brings in so many of the things that Greg Rucker is really good at, like slightly political edged kind of stuff in dealing with like why Gotham has been separated from everything else and getting back to the rest of the world Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to love about that book. And it has to be said that they build Joker as a massive threat by not having him present mm. for half the event. Yeah. And you have here whispers of, you know, where's Joker? No one knows where Joker is. No one's seen Joker. Like, so when he does finally show up, he's actually a threat. I don't like. I don't. I don't agree with people that think the Joker is the the best villain of all time. And I know it's, it's a controversial thing oh, yeah. to say. I'm a I'm a Two Face man. Um, yeah, I mean Two Face is definitely the more compelling. Oh, I don't know. People, people love that you know that that Joker Depends has no rules, written. man. He's yeah. anarchy. Um, but I feel like you know there's nothing compelling about Joker if you just have him show up at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So building up to him is 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 a way more successful way of using him. Is that also where the villain anarchy? was first introduced as a Robin villain. Anarchy with a K. No. And I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe you're yeah. right. Yeah, I don't know. I I right. Lots of great characters are introduced in this. Probably Anarchy, the funniest. Anarchy, probably not one of them. The funniest Robin villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my first one. No Man's Land. That's the big... If you have to read one big, big, massive uh, Batman event, that's probably my favourite of all time. Mm. Um, and definitely that era... Yeah. That kicks off from that. Like such a great starting point for so much of my favorite Batman stories and lore from from there. Like it's probably my favorite era of Batman stories. A lot of my picks are nineties and early two thousands. There's a few eighties picks in there. I'm I'm ignorant to a lot of the best sixties and seventies mm. and even before that stuff. I've I was gonna put Strange Apparitions on on here, which is an incredible um collection of of uh, of classic Batman stories, um, but that is often on the on the list of of, uh, of Batman stories you should run, and it's very hard to track down. Mm. I paid like sixty bucks for a secondhand uh, copy from an old library. Oh wow! Um, and half the pages are all tattered and fucked up, but it's it's it's, it's a really really fun, and it has my favorite one of my favorite Deadshot stories. And nice. uh, there's another one of those in this list as well. Oh, excellent. So yeah, uh, No Man's Land, especially Greg Rucker's stuff, uh, which brings me to the, uh, my next one which is pretty much all of Greg Rucker's Batman stuff. Nice. Um, especially a book called Turning Points. And uh, I will I will bring it up uh, quite a few times. My favorite relationship in the Batman books is the, that between Batman and Commissioner Gordon. Mm. Uh, I know that seems boring, Batman and the cop, but I just think that Commissioner Gordon is such a good character. And he, the fact that he... Oh, there is the greatest moment between them in No Man's Land mm. in which... Uh, Batman decides to reveal himself finally to to Gordon. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, but that's probably my, fa- my my favorite moment between them. There's a book called Turning Points, which is it was a precursor to an event that uh, Greg Rucker was one of the writers on called um, Officer Down. I'm the biggest fan of that book, um, which is about Gordon getting shot. Mm-hmm. But Turning Points came out before that, and Turning Points is is five stories throughout the career and throughout the friendship of Commissioner Gordon and Batman. And it's written by, um, it's five different issues by um, different creative teams on each of them. Uh, Paul Pope actually draws wow, one of, one of the issues, which is really great. And this is a regular Batman book. Um, but Greg Rucker writes two of them. Ed Brubaker writes one of them. And Chuck Dixon writes two of them, I think. Amazing. And so you have like... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The start of their thing around year 1. Like when they first meet and and then beginning to trust each other and the the stories all intertwine as well um, throughout all the the ages, um, and uh, yeah, I just like turning points is it's one of the harder ones to track down if you want to f- still find the trade. I think it's out of print. This is it's ve- easiest to find on Comicsology. Um, it's, it's like the beauty of um, digital, comics. digital comics. Yeah, some of these th- things that just go over, out of print will just always be there for a very cheap entry price. Um, but uh, yeah, so Tony po- Tony Points is a really really amazing story, um, especially like th- th- it has like you know um, Gordon try- starting to feel distant when uh, there's a, there's a new Batman during the Nightfall mm. era and that kind of thing, and then them kind of looking back on their on their their friendship together in the, by the fifth issue. It's really sweet. It's a great story. That's so nice. It's really good. Um, and then all of Rucker's stuff. I mean, I know this is kind of cheating, but Gotham Central is definitely part of that, Absolutely. and I mentioned Brubaker as well. Um, Gotham Central is basically an, an incredible. Um, basically like a, a procedural cop drama mm-hmm. in which your you know regular uh, police department have to deal with the the heroes and villains of Gotham City and I wish that this was like a big budget television show yeah. but told with the same straight faces like Law and Order yeah yeah um, it's kind it's of so what the compelling. comic is and and it, and it has one of my favorite Batman characters uh, her her best arc ever um What's her name again? Renee Montoya. Renee Montoya. I almost said Montel Jordan. And that's the guy who said, this is how we do it. <laughs> uh, why do I have a podcast? I don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Gotham Central is unbelievable. Just like, yeah. if you haven't read it, this, oh, if you take anything from this episode, read all read 40 Central. issues of Gotham Central. Yeah. But I feel like that's almost like part of the course now. When, if you're a Bat fan, you've read that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to think so anyway. Yeah, you hope so. Because it, it gives you a better sense of Gotham, which is as much a character in the Batman books as anything else, I think. Yeah. But in between, actually, I don't, actually, I don't, I don't know where it fits in the canon exactly, but I think it's in between No Man's Land and Gotham Central. Ed Brubaker was writing... Batman while Rucker was writing Detective or oh, vice man. versa and they did an incredible collection of stories called Batman Fugitive and Bat- sorry Bruce Wayne Fugitive yeah, I and love Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne Murderer Fugitive and Bruce Wayne Murderer I really like those books I feel um, like they don't get a shout out enough and yeah it's, it's and people really, make fun really of me stories. for liking them really do they Jim Jim Jim's in the you make fun of Siobhan you never you. look at his face oh, look at his face look podcast his listeners you would never face. never make fun of Siobhan <laughs> um, yeah I just I, I think Greg Rucker on Batman is 
is what I want. And then I mean, we, we can cheat even more, and we can include his Batwoman run. Yes, Batwoman elegy, and um, and he was also doing backups in Detective about Batwoman, and that stuff is the fucking best yeah. too. I wish that I, I mean, I don't know how much of um his and Brubaker's runs are actually in print these days, but I wish it was more. Yeah. I wish that, that I mean, that, that if, we, if we could get a tome of all of that, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, It'd be yeah. very, very heavy. You could kill someone with it. Yeah. How could we, maybe there should be a Batman character that kills people with- um, With an omnibus with, edition. With, with comic, <laughs> with Batman omnibus editions. Meta. <laughs> hit, hit me up, Tom King. <laughs> Put him in your run. Uh, cool. So, um, I would, uh, I, I, I felt it was really impo- important for me to include a book by Darwin Cook. Obviously. In this list, um, he's not really written like a classic, classic Batman book. Batman Ego is is probably the only like actual Batman story he's done, mm-hmm. and that's very early in his career. Um, he wrote and drew it, um, and it is about Bruce Wayne battling with the the, the demon that is Batman in mm. himself. So it's Bat- Bruce Wayne versus Batman, and it's very like it's a little bit on the nose. It's still a really fun read. I'd highly recommend it. It's in a book. That that collects um, that and a uh, a store a Catwoman story he wrote an incredible um, Catwoman story called like Selena's Big Steal or something like that Selena's Big Score yeah that's right Selena's Big Score and uh, that's amazing that's 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 him that's like peak Darwin Cook yeah and Darwin Cook's Catwoman stuff also and and, and his Slam Bradley stuff in yes. which he uh, introduces. <laughs> The the one of my top ten comic book crushes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, he he was he's actually in Detective Comics one alongside Batman. Yeah, amazing. Um, but uh, my favorite um, and I, I mean Darwin Cook also did an incredible Batman in New Frontier. Yes, DC New, New Frontier, which is my favorite comic of all time. I think. Um, basically, in that you you have a you introduced to a really really cruel and harsh Batman who who realizes that he that that he he wants to hire Robin to give himself a more you know, yeah, he got into nice this image. business to scare criminals, not little not little kids. Yeah, it's really, really nice that little arc in there. But uh, my favorite uh, Darwin Cook Batman story is uh, Batman and the Spirit, which oh, nice. is a um, a book that he wrote alongside Jeff Loeb and Drew. Um, and uh, it's actually really good, Jeff Loeb, in this as well. Uh, this is a story that, com- that basically uh, has Batman and the Spirit, who is another superhero that Darwin Cook did a... Uh, Ten ish issue run on, uh, basically before he wrote that run, he, he collaborated with Jeff Loeb on this, in which uh, Batman heads to uh, the place that the spirit is from, the town in America that the spirit is from. The spirit, the spirit is a um, created by Will Eisner, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like a kind of classic detective, uh, detective and, and vigilante, um, with his own kind of goofy rogues gallery, um, but. Alongside Batman, so basically Batman kind of follows Commissioner Gordon, who's gone to go to like a like a police captain's get together. But as well as Batman headed there, so has like Joker, Harley Quinn, Riddler, Catwoman, Killer Croc, and the Penguin, and uh, and Scarface and the Ventriloquist. And so they uh, basically it's about the Spirit and uh, Batman teaming up to take down. Uh, all of um, Batman's villains, so uh, all the police captains don't get killed. Amazing. It's really, really fun, and uh, I mean, just I mean, even if I, I would wish I could just include the uh, the covers, the variant covers that Darwin Cook did for Batman and Detective Comics a yes. couple years ago. I mean, th- that's almost like one of my favorite Batman stories, even if <laughs> there's no story there. But there's one which I put on the, our Facebook page this week uh, that he did for Detective Comics, uh, in which uh, it's just this beautiful picture of. Uh, 
Batman asleep on the couch yeah. with, the, with, the, with his Batman costume half on and um, Alfred pulling a, clo- a, a towel over, a, a, a sheet over him, yeah. a blanket. And I feel like there's there's so much beautiful story and character ve- development in that one page there that, that almost counts as its own story. But yeah, <laughs> um, track down Batman and the Spirit by Jeff Loeb and Darwin Cook. It's really great. Cool. So that is three so far. Do you want to interject with any of yours, Siobhan? Yeah. I mean, like my list is definitely um, more... Uh, brief than yours one that I would really highly recommend people track down it's really easy to track down now because DC recently have reprinted all of the Batman Adventures comics and some very nice trade paperbacks Mm -hmm. Um, Batman Adventures issue 3 which is called The Lunacy of the Joker is probably one of the best Batman stories and best Joker stories of all time it's sort of you could I think that it probably I mean I don't know what the timeline was but it's sort of has a similar feeling of um, of the Killing Joke, and it definitely influenced the portrayal of the Joker in the um, uh, what's his name, Christopher Nolan? Is that his name? Yep, yep, Christopher Nolan movies. Montel um, Jordan. Yeah, Montel Jordan Batman movies. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because it is in the Batman um, animated series, sort of very cartoony style, but it's it really gives you, you know, you said like. You don't really like the Joker as a villain because he could, you know, he could do anything. He's anarchy. It's crazy. But this is him. <laughs> like, this though. is the Joker showing um, he beats Commissioner Gordon live on TV with a baseball bat to a sort of stony-faced Batman just to prove to Batman that law and order doesn't mean anything and that he can he can do anything and that chaos rules. And it's genuinely one of the most terrifying, compelling, amazing Batman stories of all time. There's this one panel of the Joker where his sort of hair's messed up and his hands are over his face and he's sweating with excitement. And it's unbelievable. It's so worth so worth tracking down. Is that one by Ty Templeton? Yeah, so Kelly Puckett with um, art by Ty Templeton. Ty Templeton, pretty much anything with his name on it and Batman adventures or anything related to the Batman cartoon is yeah. worth checking out. Ty Templeton Absolutely. is so good. Amazing. Um, I guess the other thing that I would recommend is something that I think gets overlooked a lot um, is Paul Dini's run on Detective Comics and then the subsequent run on Batman Streets of Gotham, yep. which had art mostly by, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh. Dustin Nguyen. Dustin Nguyen, who was one of my, like, that was when I, that was the run that, that was going on when I first started at King's, I think. Right. And so that sort of inky watercolors and beautiful, really muted palettes, that feels a lot like what Batman should be to me. And I really miss Dustin Nguyen in um, in the Batman universe. Particularly, um, the story that I really loved was when um, Hush, and I know you don't like Hush. No, no, but this is like, Paul Dini is so good at Batman that he made Hush a compelling character. Yeah, so he, Hush, um, steals, literally steals Catwoman's heart out of her body and keeps her alive and keeps the heart beating separately to sort of just to, just fuck with Batman. And it was so melodramatic and so over the top, but I just love it. It's so good. Comics are meant to be that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, my favourite issue from that run is... Uh, um, it's like a Christmas one mm-hmm. where um, the Joker basically just like happens to stumble across Tim Drake, Robin, Amazing. and kidnaps him, and then uh, straps him into his into the passenger seat, and then just starts mowing down um, like people out Christmas shopping, Amazing. and uh, and Tim ends up thwarting him using like his knowledge of uh, 
of Groucho Marx movies, <laughs> Marx Brothers movies. It's such a good issue. That's amazing. He has Baldini has such a great grasp of all yeah. the characters, and yeah. yeah, that that run in particular. It doesn't. I mean, I I, I was going to include it in mine, but I knew you were going to bring it up. Yeah. So um, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't get the accolades that I think it should. There's there's lots of great stories. It's a great story with um Zatanna. Yep. In in that arc as well. Also one of Paul Dini's favorite personal little toys. Yep. <laughs> um. So Paul Dini wrote a lot of our favorite episodes of um. Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about a comic that um, was actually turned into an episode of the Animated oh, Series. This one's by Chuck Dixon with art by Graham Nolan. It came out in like 1991 or 92. Um, and it's called A Bullet for Bullock. Ah, nice. So one of my one of my top five characters, if Gordon is number one, uh, Harvey Bullock is not far behind mm. him. He, if, if, if Gordon is like everything a police officer should be, Bullock is everything that he shouldn't. But he still has a heart of mother flipping gold. And uh, I just, this book is about like, it's a, Bullock hates Batman. Yeah. He loves donuts and hates Batman. He's a good cop, but he misses the way that things used to be before all these goddamn superheroes and supervillains started stinking up the joint. And he, he, he loathes having to bring Batman in on a case or mm-hmm. if Batman gets the jump on a case before the cops do. And I think that that, that dynamic is such a good one and Absolutely. one that's missing from Batman books now. Like, you know, the, the entire detective element of it pretty much is too. It's so much more about, like, the mammoth character that yeah. Batman is now. But, you know, the, the street level... The best thing about the Batman, the Bat books, is that they very rarely crossed over with all the bigger heroes yeah. in the DC universe. And, and I do miss, I miss the gritty detective element. I think all my favorite Batman books are when he's being a detective and being the world's greatest detective, not Bat God, the the merciful. So a bullet for Bullock. Basically, Bullock Harvey Bullock learns that it's street gang basically are coming after him, and uh, he calls to. Batman for help reluctantly and quite smarmily as well and they end up having to team up and you know there's a nice moment with them at the end and it's such a great story it's a great it's a one shot so this is uh, issue number 651 of Detective Comics in from 1992 um, Chuck Dixon belongs on this list he's Absolutely. written so many and again like it's very hard to pinpoint the best story that he wrote for Batman or for anyone in the Batman universe. I really love his Nightwing run yeah. when he moved Night- uh, Dick Grayson out to uh, Bloodhaven. Um, but uh, I, I, he's he's written so many Batman comics. We'd have to, I reckon, do you reckon he's written the most Batman comics out of everyone? I'm sure that's a very no, easy no. thing to figure out. But he'd, he'd be up there. Yeah, he's written a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, this is my favorite. And the uh, animated series episode, it's called A Bullet for Bullock as well. And it's great. Mm. Really, really great. So that is my uh, number four. Amazing. Uh, number five on this incredible list uh, is so we mentioned earlier a death death in the family, mm-hmm. which is when poor old Jason Scott carked it. Mm-hmm. But then pretty soon after that, we had uh, Batman Year Three, in which we were introduced to a character called Tim Drake. Batman Year Three is kind of shit; it's, it's not fantastic. It. But immediately after it comes a crossover between Batman and I think Titans or Teen Titans. I'll tell you. I've got, I brought the uh, the original issues with me here today. The New Titans. So it's a crossover. So it's Batman uh, and the New Titans. So Batman 442 and 441. It's like a 5 a crossover. It's called A Lonely Place of Dying. And this is... In, uh, th- this is, this is the, st- the series, in, the story in which Tim Drake becomes Robin. And, I love uh, so much that the cover says, DC Comics aren't just for kids. <laughs> um, so this, this story is amazing because what makes... 
Tim Drake so different is that basically oh, yeah. Batman recruits Tick Dick Grayson. He recruits, well, you know, he stumbles onto Jason Todd and lets him become Robin. Mm. But but uh, Tim Drake works out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he sees, he knows that Jason that Robin something's happened to Robin, and he sees Batman out being more reckless and more angry and he works out that Batman needs a Robin. So he tells Batman that I know you're Bruce Wayne and you need me to be your Robin. So this is like this is a story about the about the relationship between Batman and Dick Grayson and the the new relationship between Batman and Dick and Tim Drake. Uh, it's written by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Again, classic DC writers, yeah. classic Batman writers. Arts by I mean I, I know a power Jim Aparo does no, uh, everyone. Maybe he does a few issues. Jim Aparo does a few issues. It's uh, all over the shop. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's such a good story. And it's got Nightwing in his classic disco collar costume. Very important to read at least one story featuring disco Nightwing. It's really important. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like just a, a you know a classic. Some of the '80s comics are really uh, are pretty hard to, hard to read, overwritten kind of stuff. But this is great. Mm. Um, the narration of of young Tim Drake is actually quite well written and great and. Yeah, I, I love A Lonely Place of Dying. I think it's... I don't, I don't love um, Death in the Family, and I certainly don't love Batman Year 3, but this is excellent. Awesome. Uh, number six is another older comic from the 80s, and it's not a Batman comic. It is a Swamp Thing comic. Um, Alan Moore, if you ever bring up Batman plus Alan Moore, you'll always get a link to The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. I don't like The Killing Joke because it's too nasty to poor old Barbara. Controversial. Um, but I love Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. Um, and uh, if you haven't read it, that is essential comic book reading. Have you read? No, fucking hell, man! I know. know. It's so, so, so good. I'm still working my way through Doom Patrol. Yeah, you can do it. I'm getting through the classics. Um, so at one point, Swamp Thing's girlfriend Abby gets uh, stolen from the swamp and taken prisoner. She becomes a prisoner in Gotham City, and so Swamp Thing basically takes over Gotham City. And basically, and like basically, makes all of the uh, wildlife and, and all the trees overgrow the city. Amazing! And uh, you have an incredible uh, showdown between Batman and and Swamp Thing. I don't want to spoil. This is a really, really great point in this in this series. Probably my yeah. favorite point in this series. Um, written by Alan Moore with um, art by Rick Veitch, um, Alfredo Alcala, and uh, John Totalbun. Nice. I dogged all three of their names. Great. Well done. <laughs> Amazing um, covers, though. <laughs> incredible covers, incredible stories. Um, but uh, it basically starts with um, with uh, Batman opposing Swamp Thing, saying, get out of my goddamn city, you goddamn green mess. And uh, by the end of the book in which... Uh, but it's, I think it's just two issues that is in Gotham. But, uh, yeah, it's 100 and, 120... Sorry, issue 52 and, uh, and issue 53. And... Uh, one of them is a giant size spectacular. Amazing. Uh, and uh, basically, um, Batman ends up empathizing with Swamp Thing when uh, all of the authorities try to take him out. Cause, um, and, and he kind of brings up, like, they're like, oh, he's an alien. He's a beast. We need to get rid of him. And he brings up, like, what about that alien over in the Metropolis? Are you mm. going to take him down too? Yeah. It's really great. Um, it's really cool seeing um, Swamp Thing infiltrate Arkham Asylum. Um, there's one of my my favorite panels of like it kind of profiling all of the different people that are all the prisoners in Arkham Asylum. And at one point it says, this guy even thinks AIDS is funny and it's the Joker. That's <laughs> 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 very 80s <laughs> reference to the Joker. Yeah. So I feel like that's very Alan Moore being um, yeah. edgy. Alan Moore didn't write that much Batman. 
Um, mm. uh, but this is him. He, he, he definitely knew exactly how, what made Batman tick and uh, his uh, issues of Swamp Thing featuring Batman are awesome. So, yes, it's Swamp Thing issue 52 and 53. Um, cool. Another, I mentioned earlier with uh, turning points. I don't know what number I'm up to right now. but uh, About seven? Seven-ish? Cool. All right. That's what we got. All right, so seven is... Are we up to seven or that was seven? You know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, I can do that, that thing where, where uh, radio hosts count back on what they've already said. Like, number one. Batman, Superman and Batman Generations, like um, Turning Points, mm-hmm. uh, is a uh, it'll look at the relationship between Gordon and Batman throughout various stages in their career. Superman and Batman Generations is about the friendship between Bats and Soups. Nice. Um, but it is an Elseworld story that's written and drawn by John Byrne. Oh, amazing. And uh, it starts in 1939 um, when they, uh, they've first been created and they also mm-hmm. first encounter each other. And then every it, it jumps forward 10 years. So I think it's like 10 different stories until you get to 2039. Um, now, as we know, Superman is immortal. Batman is not. So there are different people that take the cowl and mm. there, is, there, is, there is death and there is like a crazy, uh, like supernatural element to it as well. Um, and uh, it's a really, really—I don't want to spoil this at all—but this is like a really, really unsung classic. I think uh, avoid Generations Two unless you really love this, which kind of does the Generations thing. But uh, throughout the entire DC universe, it kind of loses what made the first book special. But uh, yeah, Batman, Superman and Batman Generations, an imaginary tale. Amazing. Um, just on the front, you see four iterations of, of Superman and Batman back to back. And the first two look pretty regular. Then the, the, the bottom two is like Superman like with his head in his hands as Batman is like this big futuristic monstrosity. But I sort of like it because it looks like Superman's really embarrassed of the costume that Batman's wearing. Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the final one is like the, 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 the black and grey Batman costume, but then Superman has this big white mullet. Oh, I wish that's what Superman was. Like well, this now. old man with a white yes. mullet. Yeah, I'd read that too. Cool. So that is number seven or eight, depending on where we're up to. <laughs> what have I got left? I've got uh, Batman and Robin left. And oh, yeah, cool. So we've got three left. So that was number seven. Number eight is Batman and Robin. Um, nice. Uh, we already mentioned Grant Morrison's run. And I guess mm-hmm. this kind of comes into this because once Grant Morrison finished up his run on Batman and Robin, it got taken over by two. Uh, two creators that we rave about every week on Serious Issues because they are currently writing Superman together, and that is um, uh, Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. They wrote the uh, end of uh, Batman and Robin before the New Fifty Two came over, took over, and then they wrote the entire run of Batman and Robin in the New Fifty Two. Um, this a lot of people c- um, complain about Damian Wayne. People do not like Damian Wayne as yeah, Robin. Yeah, so weird. Um, I like I like him because he's unlikable. Sure, you know, like he's an annoying brat who was raised by assassins who doesn't know how to be nice to people. Yeah, kind of works. And uh, I think uh, like uh, Grant Morrison kind of gets all the credit for being one of the few writers that has is able to grasp what what makes Damian Wayne a good character. Mm. But I feel like I've I've never liked the character more than in their Batman and Robin run. Yeah, and. Uh, I want to point out if you if you don't believe me, like because the run isn't perfect. It starts out a bit too kind of a bit a bit like Robin's a bit too aggressive to begin with, and yeah. there's a lot of learning to be done, and blah blah blah. That's not the funnest part of the series when it starts in New Fifty Two. But the first annual that Pete Tomasi wrote with uh, Adrian Siaf and uh, Vincente Cifuentes, I think I nailed that. You nailed, nailed that. Uh, is an incredible one shot about basically um, for his I think it's his birthday. 
Damien um, creates like a world traveling scavenger hunt awesome. in which he sends um, Bruce to all these different places that link to link up to different moments in his parents' life to kind of show that his parents loved him. Um, and all these like things that Bruce is like, why am I here? And then realizes like, you know, like Damien has really done some amazing detective work to figure out the, the personal connection here. And at one point he takes, he takes, sends him to like an art gallery somewhere in the world. And, um, it's a painting of fruit and, and uh, he says to the art gallery owner, I'm sorry, I have no idea what connection I have to this whatsoever. And it's like a, uh, it's a, a fruit bowl with a little kid's red handprint mm. and it turns out that Martha Wayne used to try her hand at painting uh. and she did an oil painting and it's been signed by Martha down the bottom and then in red paint it says, and Bruce. Uh. So toddler Bruce p- ruined the painting <laughs> and she ended up framing it anyway. And there's like lots of beautiful moments, like, you know, which are totally yeah. unrealistic, but they're so but sweet. Very sweet. And um, all the while he's on this scavenger hunt, um, uh, uh, Robin... Damien Wayne is basically lying to, to Bruce over Skype and like creating these like crappy green screen thing of him also being on like a like a traveling kind of school mm. thing but really he's in Gotham he's taken the he's like fitting he's like this, ta- <laughs> like this pint sized Batman and taking the Batmobile out for a spin and trying to solve crimes Amazing. and it has him kind of getting in over his head and it's a it's a incredible annual. You know when like an annual is just like a brilliant story start yeah. to finish. This is like probably one of my favorite Batman annuals ever. Yes. Batman and Robin annual number one. It came out like four years ago, and then shortly after that, Damian Wayne was killed in yes. uh, Batman Incorporated, which was by Grant Morrison, who uh, who created the character, um, and. All of the Bat books had the uh, label Requiem when the R was Robin's logo yes. on them. So it was all like all the characters like, oh, no, the guy's died, blah, blah, blah. blah. And like normally when a, when a comic book character dies, which happens fucking all the time. Constantly. It's not that powerful. But Batman and Robin number 18 is an all silent issue in oh, which Batman God. reacts to just not having his son around anymore. I remember this issue. And it is fucking heartbreaking. It is so well drawn. It is so well put together. I, it's like, like it's like the silent episode of Buffy. It is like it is that emotionally distressing, and I don't think I could. I don't think I could reread that issue. It's it's beautiful. It makes me well up. And this is like you know we we rave about what incredible emotional parenting moments these yeah. two creators are capable of with Superman. But this is like. This is a ten out of ten comic. I remember. I remember when it came out. Every, everyone was talking about what yeah. an incredible comic it is. It's, it has beautiful moments of him remembering them together and then seeing the reflection. And he's alone, swinging mm-hmm. by himself instead of swinging with with Robin. And he sees these things that remind him of him. And he loses his temper and he's so upset and he's so emotional. Then it went on this brilliant arc of him trying to bring Damien back and losing mm-hmm. his mind, which I really enjoy too. But. Uh, this issue in particular, Batman 18, all you need to know is that his son has died and it's a powerful issue. Um, this is like, if, if, if we can either say that this issue is a one shot, one of my favorite Batman books, or you can say the entire run. I think of all the new 52 books um, in the Bat world, this is my favorite. I think it's better than the Scott Snyder run. And I'm totally fine if you do disagree with me. No, I'd um, have to, I'd have to go back and reread both. I think I used to have arguments with Costa who, who worked yeah. at uh, Kings all the time where I, I was buying this instead of buying the Snyder book. Cause I was just like, you know what? I hate this mm. zero years too much. Mm. Hate the strong word. I just wasn't, it wasn't for me, yeah. but Batman and Robin, I, I, I loved. Um, and, uh, I think Pete Tomasi and Pat Gleason, uh, you know, doing great job on Superman, but I, you know, I, I look forward to them doing more stuff with, with Batman and Damien again. I look forward to seeing them tackle like any character in the DCU. Yeah, they're like, a great they team. They seem like such an amazing team together. 
that I think I think they could do anything. Cool. All right, we're almost at the end, you Holy guys. Molly. This, is, this has been so much fun. I, I was so gonna, fun to research. Oh, man, and now I just feel to, like I have this giant reading list. Yeah, you could borrow any the of these. I got, I've got all the singles, all the weird, weird trades you can't get anymore. I've spent a lot of money on Batman <laughs> comics. I didn't realize that I love Batman so much. Like, it, yeah, because he's kind of become such a you know he's the, the the first comic book character that you that comes to your mind when you think of superheroes. Yeah. But there's, there's, so, you can get so niche in, totally. in that love of someone. Well, so big. I was gonna say one thing which I forgot to put on my um, list, but I will mention now um, as like an extra sort of bizarre Elseworlds other story. Um, there is the the Bat Batman manga oh, by Jiro Kuwata, Bat manga, which is unbelievable. It is so good. If you want like a complete, like it just shows why the character works like the character just continues to work bizarrely in totally different situations and the the japanese version of batman is extremely bizarre and his villains are extremely bizarre and it's a very lord um, deathman yeah lord deathman being one of the key ones but um if you're looking for a really really unique different take on batman i really highly recommend tracking batman get down because it's it's good so I've spoken a lot about Elseworlds books. Um, I, I forgot to mention Speeding Bullets, in which uh, it's actually a Superman book, but it's what if Superman was uh, he's, he, he's, he, he crash landed in Gotham instead of Kansas, um, and uh, a lot of uh, his enemies take the form of Batman enemies instead of Superman enemies. That's really interesting. But we can say that for next year. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about another anthology series, which is very well celebrated, and that's Batman Black and White. Um, the first collection of this, I don't know if you can still get it. Can you know if you can still get this collection? I'm sure you can. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure. But like, like, you know, it, 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 it contains like contributions from like everyone from like Neil Adams and Mike Allred to Simon Bisley, Chuck Dixon, Richard Corbin, Mark Silvestri, um, Brian Stelfreeze, Scott Williams, Bruce Tim, Alex Toth, um, Ted McKeever, Frank Miller, Mobius. Wow. Um, Jason Minos, Kevin Nowlin, Joe Cubitt, like so many incredible creators. Even the um, creator of um, Akira, who writes like an unbelievably weird and nonsensical Batman story. Amazing. I, just still, can't, I still can't get my head around. But my favorite story in this, and we've said his name already a couple of times in this, is um, Bruce, Bruce Tim wrote, and I think I've forced you to read this at my house once. Probably. It's like a 10-page book about Two-Face called yes. two of a kind oh my god yes i remember that and i think it's just like a you know just so like a, a pitch perfect, perfect two-faced story it's a little bit darker than he was allowed to go in in, in mm-hmm. the, the animated series stuff and it's this uh just this brilliant story about uh um two-face and and, he, and his love life and uh, how tragic you know poor old harvey has it mm. Um, again, it's ten pages long, so I don't want to spoil any of it. But uh, if you can track down the first uh, the first collection of Batman Black and White, it's easily the best the best story in there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great. Like, it's so fun when you Written get creators get like creators get to have a go at Batman because he seems like so many people would love. You know, he's the kind of peak of so many people's careers. Sure. Um, and so something like. Batman Black and White where you get like one issue to tell an amazing story I mean a lot of my favourite Batman stories that I you know now can't remember are um, little one-off stories from anthologies that's where you can get some of the best best Bat stuff and the best ever Batman anthology series is Legends of the Dark Knight yes started in the 80s and um, you think of like a classic 
90s creator and they inevitably would have written a couple mm. stories for Legends of the Dark Knight. It was basically, I think, I think the, the, the kind of idea behind it was it was like year one Batman stories, mm. but aren't, that aren't necessarily part of the canon. Some of them actually became canonical. Um, but uh, uh, my, my favorite of all, all 214 issues of Legends of the Dark Knight is issue 214. Wow. And that is uh, called Batman versus Deadshot. Deadshot was for a while my favorite comic book character, <laughs> and uh, he is now not because he, they've just fucked him up again and again and again over the last few years. But uh, during the time of uh, when Gail Simone's Secret Six run was coming out, I was like, mm. "Wow, I love this character!" And I went back and I got all John Ostrander's Suicide Squad run, and I got the uh, Deadshot miniseries he wrote. But my favorite Deadshot story, and it's a Batman story, is issue two hundred fourteen, Legends of the Dark Knight, and it's basically just this incredible one-shot short story that explores their dynamic. Awesome. Um, like, you know, Deadshot is the man who never misses, but he always misses when he shoots at Batman because he doesn't want to kill Batman because Batman, he's, he's, his origin story is so linked in, like, like Deadshot, Floyd Lawton, who is Deadshot, is also the son of, of like, you know, of, of, of a rich family. Right. Um, and, uh, and it kind of, like, ties into, like, his mythology. I, I, I wish I read it before before talking so I could talk at it in, in better detail because I'm forgetting key moments of it. But it's uh, written by Christos Gage, um, wow. and uh, it's my, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of m- mm. that much Christos Gage stuff, but it's my favorite thing that he's ever written. Um, and arts by Phil Winslade, and uh, like it is just it's like I mean Deadshot for one. That's he's my fa- that's my favorite. The classic Deadshot costume is my yeah. favorite superhero or supervillain costume. And uh, I- really. Sorry, that was an over-the-top response. You're, but I feel like we need to have a discussion at a later date about best ever superhero costume. I just think it's so it's so silly and unnecessarily, but it's so cool at the same time. And I brought up Strange Apparitions earlier um, and Deadshot Story and that with the big giant, the fight on the big giant typewriter is so awesome. awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is, this is my favorite Deadshot Story. And uh, it basically, like, it was explored in, in further detail um, in... Uh, in um, Gail Simone's Secret Six run, but like you know, like Deadshot, we, even though he's he's one of Batman's enemies, he actually looks up to Batman in his mm. own weird way, and I really liked that dynamic. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I I like any comic that's like, oh, Deadshot doesn't care if he w- lives or dies, and he can shoot anything. Like, there's so much more to him than that. Um, and uh, yeah, his relationship with Batman is a very important part of that character. Yeah, totally. Cool. So there, my my ten. Should I go through them all from the, from the top? Yeah. So ten Batman books you should read. Um, no Man's Land, mm-hmm. all of Greg Rucker's Batman stuff, <laughs> especially Turning Points. Um, Batman in the Spirit by Darwin Cook. Um, A Bullet for Bullock by Chuck Dixon. A Lonely Place of Dying by Perez and Wolfman. Swamp Thing 52 and 53 by Alan Moore. Uh, Superman and Batman Generations by John Byrne. Um, Bruce Timm's uh, Two-Face Story and Batman Black and White. Uh, Patrick Gleason and P- Peter Tomasi's Batman and Robin run. And uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, number 214, Batman vs. Deadshot by Christos Gage. Nice. It's 10 books you should go read. If, um, if you manage to track any of them down or you need any help, get in touch and I'll try and find them for you. Um, 
if anyone reads this in Australia and is thinking about bidding on a certain one of these on eBay, back off. There's one missing from my collection. I'm not going to tell you which it is in case someone does it just to spite me on purpose. Um, but I'm, hopefully I'm going to get it for just seven bucks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have got some beloved Batman stories that you would like us to uh, check out, maybe you think we haven't checked them out or maybe you just want us to give you a shout out in the future. We're going to be doing one of these every year. And it's, you know, it, even though it's Batman Day is the 17th of September, you can celebrate Batman any day of Batman the year. Batman Day is Every day, the day that you let Batman into your heart. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know why Wayne from from Kings like thinks Batman is a shit character. He thinks he's because he's needlessly contrary. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think you know, like, it, it, like he is as popular as he is for a reason. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's very easy from the outside to go like, oh, Batman, he's just like this he's capitalist wedge dream, and his superpowers being rich and it's just capitalism blah 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 and that's fine and everything and I appreciate that point of view I don't. but that's from someone that's from someone who's not read any Batman comics and doesn't you like you can't see the value of it without having read it and there's infinite variety of Batman books out there you know there's detective Batman books there's space Batman books there's comedy Batman books there's children's Batman books you know like there is there are so many variations that there is guaranteed a Batman book that you will like. You uh, you bought my son, who is two and a half, a yes. Batman book uh, for his second birthday. What did I buy him? Uh, it's called like um like Batman's Dark Secret. It's a oh. picture book. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, uh, that one. And uh, my wife read it to him two nights ago. I always, always go, hey, you want to read Batman? He's like, no. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, she had to censor. It was like she was like, and then Batman's parents went away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very hard. Yeah. Oh you- man, did you ever read? Um, sorry, this is there was this two issue Justice League um mini series where um the Justice League from Mister Mitzipitlik's universe comes across, Whoa. and they're like, um, and everything's fine there. And, like, the Batman from that universe, his parents just got hit in the head, but they're still alive. And Batman has to kind of, like, deal with that. Like, <laughs> deal with this cute, adorable version of himself who the worst thing that's ever happened in his life is that his mum got pushed over. And he's oh, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to cope with this. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, there are a few. There are so many I want to talk about next time. I want to talk about David Laffham from uh, Stray Bullets. He wrote an incredible run of, on Detective Comics called City of Crime. I want to talk about Dark Knight, Dark City by mm-hmm. Pete Milligan. Um, and, uh, man, there's just so many goddamn good ones. Uh, a friend of mine, Callan, told, told us to talk about World's Funnest, which maybe that's what this is. It looks really, that looks, looks like, like what Mitzel, it is. Mitzel Spitlick with, uh, with Batmite. Oh, no, that's them together. I think that's a team up book between those two. I doubt that's great. <laughs> but look, there are so many great Batman books. Let us know which are your favorite. Send us an email. Do seriousissues at kingscomics.com or um, find us on, on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash seriousissuespodcast or on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues. Um, you can find Siobhan and I individually on uh, Twitter and Instagram at CBG and uh, at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. We love hearing from you. We love arguing with you. Yeah. And uh, if you enjoy this episode and you want more bonus episodes about specific characters in the future who are unfortunately do not get their dedicated uh, day every year, mm-hmm. um, let us know. Um, maybe even uh, let, leave us a comment on our iTunes page and, uh, and a nicer review alongside it. We're going to be doing more bonus episodes more and more. And uh, if this is the first episode of Serious Issues you've listened to, uh, tune in every other week when we just review all the new books and let you yeah. know which ones, including Batman, let you know which uh, which ones you should be reading too. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.
Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.